Hello and welcome to episode 39 and also welcome to 2023. So in this episode, I want to share with you a technique to help balance the stress, but also check in with how you've been over the last few weeks. This time of year, you can be forced into situations where you might be with people that you don't really want to be in contact with. And with that comes all sorts of emotions. You know, if you're not wanting to be with someone, then you might feel like you're abandoning your boundaries. If you, you might feel shame, it might bring up emotions of guilt and betrayal uh, for various different ways. It might be abandonment of self, betrayal of self. So over the last few weeks, I've been doing a bit of binge watching of Grey's Anatomy and I have seen episodes over the years, but mainly because my daughters both watched it when I was around. So I thought I'd start watching from the very beginning. And Meredith's relationship with her mother is something that I wanted to discuss also in this episode. And also over the last three years, I've been doing a bit of biohacking manifestation. And I did some work with someone I met on that course recently. And during the session, she flipped box breathing for me. She really, she just flipped it on its head. And I'll be going to, I'm going to share with that with you as well. Welcome to the Mind Fuckery podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth, author of Finding Lily and the A to Z of Emotional Abuse. I'm here to remind you that love should be unconditional. Divorcing emotionally is life-changing and that you have a duty of care to yourself. Each week, I will discuss some of the terms you may hear along this journey and I will help you understand and process what's happening. I will help you find the best habits as you start to take back the control of your own life and learn the tools to heal on a deeper level, becoming the best version of yourself. So welcome to 2023. How are you feeling about that? I want to talk about relationships and maybe the last few weeks that you've been forced into situations that you have no control over. Relationships are really complex, aren't they? So as I said, I just started watching Grey's Anatomy. I know of it or I knew of it. And I had seen bits of it. I'd seen like the plane crash and there was one with a shooter, various car crashes. And there was one where Meredith ran away with a baby. So I thought I start watching this from the very beginning. And I was intrigued by her relationship with her mother. We have just come out of a period where we've been forced or possibly been forced into situations where we might not have wanted to be with people. And it might be justified by society norms that we should forgive and forget. Perhaps we should move on or be the bigger person. And what if you were forced to be with someone who had been abusive towards you? If you've been in a romantic relationship with a person, I'm sure that your friends and your family would help you stay away from them. They would encourage you to stick to strong boundaries and if possible, not to communicate or have anything to do with them if they reached out if they did a hoover and reached out they'd encourage you not to reply but what happens when that person is a family member I've actually recorded a few videos on the narcissistic parent I use the mother but you can easily swap the name over to father if it fits sometimes it gets a bit wordy with your mother your father him her so I'll put those links in the description box below 
in season one of Grey's Anatomy, it starts with Meredith joining a hospital that her mother worked in. She who and she was a renowned. These are all really um, strong words. So she was a renowned surgeon, and her mother was award-winning surgeon. And it turns out that she actually has Alzheimer's. And over a few series, you see the relationship. It dips in and out with her mother, and it shows Ellis as being cold towards her daughter. She rarely spent time with her. She was having an affair, planning to leave her husband. So Meredith spent most of her medical training in the shadow of her mother. And when she's got Alzheimer's, she tells Meredith that she's disappointed to see her happy instead of focusing on her career. And maybe it's because of this. And you then get an understanding as to why maybe she can't make decisions about her mother's care. I didn't see any episodes where Christmas was celebrated when Ellis was alive. I have to also admit that when I was dipping in and out and my children watched it, I actually thought her name was Alice. And this story does play out over a long period of time. Personally, I would have forgiven her for not wanting to spend time with her mother. There are scenes where the care home that her mother's in are huffing and puffing about Meredith not wanting to make decisions or able to make decisions. And I get that. It must have been really, it must be really hard. I've spoken about this before, but I actually can't remember now if it was in my group or whether I've done a podcast or a YouTube video on it. But your friends and family might protect you from your ex. But what if the abuser is a family member? A mother, a father, a sister, a brother, a grandparent, aunt, uncle. And Emotional abusers don't take responsibility and they see that there's nothing wrong with their behaviour. It wasn't them or if it was, somebody else made them do it. And they are completely different from someone who genuinely didn't realise what they were doing was wrong. And I go back to us all being sponges. So it's something that I've talked about for quite a few years. It's in my book, The A to Z of Emotional Abuse. We're sponges and we learn from the people around us. Everything we hear and everything we see, we take on as the truth. And we live in this theta state from the moment we're born possibly actually in a, in the womb to round about seven or eight years old so we copy and we duplicate from the environment that we grow up in and if it was unhealthy we may take on unhealthy patterns if we don't experience healthy relationships then we may go on to repeat these patterns in our lives if you have a narcissist showing you how to behave you're likely to have those traits it doesn't make you a narcissist and a grandiose narcissist is possibly the, the personality that jumps out, jumps to mind when you hear that word. Here I am, look at me. The polarity of that is the vulnerable. So the grandiose type have this superior manner with an air of arrogance and they're manipulative and they have this need to be validated. Whereas the vulnerable type have low self-esteem and are hypersensitive to criticism. They're empty and they have a lot of shame. However, they still have that superior manner within them. The terms over and covert are actually their behaviours. So the over might outwardly rage, whereas a covert would internalise everything. And you might have been confused trying to understand if you have been in a relationship with a narcissist. And then you hear about the covert narcissist and you might have thought, well, now I don't know if they are. Because the covert, as the word is, is, is covert, then to confuse matters even more, they are interchangeable and they have different combinations. So you've got the vulnerable narcissist who will blame shift. 
it wasn't them they weren't there if they'd had a better childhood if their parents were perhaps uninterested or they were too involved in their lives or their partners aren't doing enough in their lives or they're doing too much and controlling them or their parents didn't provide a good home or they provided too good a home too much money or the person they work with got help with a promotion and they didn't get any help they got nothing or they were given a promotion it's what they didn't want and the people in their lives can never win it's a bit like the world owes me and then to confuse this even more they can shift so an over can have covert traits i will put the link to the video that i recorded on this so society says don't spend time with your abusive ex but frowns if you try to protect yourself from someone who may be a family member or close family friend and then what happens when they die for some reason apart from perhaps jimmy savile or jeffrey epstein if you die you become a saint society says you shouldn't speak badly of the dead so perhaps you didn't dodge the people who emotionally abused you or maybe did even worse to you and if you were forced into that situation I urge you to shake it off and I mean literally shake it out and I think there's a few so uh, song or two that are actually called shake it off or shake it out I believe it's helpful to understand that the people forcing you into that room or to sit at the same table or to an event probably had a different experience with that person they have a different relationship with that person they might have a different mother or a different father or a different grandparent I've spoken about this in some of my scapegoating videos that are on YouTube and I've spoken about this I think it was the narcissistic mother video that I did and I said that in some family units one person's a scapegoat in other family units it's an interchangeable role so I will link that video into the description box but so when I'm saying about shaking out animals shake out their trauma they shake it out of their body I've been doing a Peter Levine course and he talks about a Allowing your body to continue with the response and this helps you release the trauma so if you were in a situation that you wanted to run away from carrying out that action will help you bodies are designed to protect and preserve our life so you might realize that the way to survive is actually to fawn your way out of a situation or to freeze but really all you wanted to do was run away but your response to protect was maybe to fawn or to freeze so you can visualize that escape and you can release that trauma. So he talks about animals in the world and how they play out their escape. And he talks about baby lion cubs who climb down from a tree once they realize that they're in a safe environment again. And they play fight and releasing that trauma. I was on a, a retreat in 2017 and there I met a woman who did coir. It took me about, I don't know, a couple of years actually to get my diary to match her sessions, but I did one. And during that we did dance and movement to help release the stress hormones from the body the irony of that story was on the way home I was uh, it was about an hour and a half from where I live and my car got hit and I was shunted over a roundabout narrowly missing a huge pole got shunted over three lanes thankfully it was in the evening and there was nobody coming um, to the side of me so I could have used that movement to release the trauma from that situation and as I said right at the beginning I do fire hacking for manifestation and I learned a new way of using this technique. So I'm going to talk you through that. It might be useful to get a pen and a piece of paper, whether you listen to this section now and come back with a pen and paper for it, or whether you pause the video now, it's entirely up to you. It might be useful to listen and then come back. Please don't do this if you're driving or operating machinery. So we're going to make two statements and these can change as 
we're working through this process. So box breathing is brilliant. It's brilliant for stabilizing the body, calming down the nervous system and refocusing the mind because particularly in those moments of rumination, your mind is caught up um, repeating and going over what happened maybe in the relationship or analyzing it and wondering maybe if you did something or didn't do something. When you start to count, I've been using box breathing with counting for a few years, quite a few years now. And uh, this is a similar thing. You're making a statement, you're thinking from a different part of your brain. So you're hacking into your biological system. And so what we, I'm going to talk you through this process now. So if you've never done box breathing before, we breathe in, we hold, we breathe out, we hold. Normally I teach it with numbers, with counting, but we're going around in a box. And this is going to be with statements. So you could breathe in, perhaps knowing that you're protected and loved, and you can breathe out saying, I release all the negativity in my life. And as you get into a pattern, you can change all of the statements into positive ones. So breathing in, maybe saying, I am loved and protected. And you hold your breath and you might say something like, I am loved and protected or I love and respect myself. And breathing out saying, I release all negativity. And then you hold again saying, I'm supported. And you repeat this process. So I'm going to talk you through this process, whether you take part in it, or whether you go away and create your own statements, entirely up to you. You can use my statements until you're ready to find your, you're ready for your own statements. As you're breathing in and out, you will know when you can release or let go and change that, that statement that says that you're releasing and you can change it into something positive. As I said, I started by hacking about three years ago and I do it a couple of times a year. Perhaps I should do it a bit more. And so, as I said, someone I met on this course has taught me this. It's just such a gorgeous technique. And I'm just going to now talk you through a few times. And I will leave the music playing actually for a little while for you. So that if you do want to continue breathing through until you've finished and you feel ready, that then you're able to do that. And I'll finish here with sending you loads and loads of love until next time. And from here, I'm now going to talk you through the breathing technique. So making sure that you're free from distractions and that it is safe to breathe. You're not driving or operating machinery. I'm going to use four statements. So we're going to breathe in saying, I am loved and protected. And we're going to hold our breath saying, I love and respect myself. We're going to breathe out saying, I release all the negativity and trauma. And we're going to hold our breath saying, I am love, I am loved, I am free. And then we're going to repeat it. So take a, a breath in while saying, I am loved and protected. Hold your breath. And saying, I love and respect myself. Breathe out saying I release all the negativity and trauma from my body and then hold saying I am love I am loved I am free breathe in saying I am loved and protected hold saying I love and respect myself
breathe out saying I release all the negativity from my body hold saying I am love I am loved I am free breathe in I am loved and protected hold saying I love and respect myself release all the negativity and trauma from my body. Hold, I am love, I am loved, I am free. Breathe in, I am loved and protected. Hold, I love and respect myself. I release all the negativity and trauma from my body. Hold, I am love, I am loved, I am free. Just keep repeating the statements that feel right to you. As you breathe in, you hold, you breathe out and you 